0: What's going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is Kicking It With Camacho. And um, we got a hot new solo cast for you today. We got some questions from uh, fans. We got some suggestions from fans. We got an unboxing of a new shoe I just got. That's my impression of the, the, the background music from White Lotus. Does anyone else find that, like, uh... Pretty dope, you know? Is that an instrument or is that just like some dude literally, you know, in a studio with those Bose headsets on in front of one of those, you know, um, microphones and the the pop filters going. Cut. All right. Can we do a little bit more? Yeah, I got it, bro. (laughs) It's like, who would have thought? I I just find creativity to be amazing. Like someone made that sound, and someone heard that, it was like, "Dude, we we, that's the new jingle. We're gonna put that on HBO." You know, it's crazy how, you know, because I'm pretty sure that there was a lot of backlash. You know, that artist, like I, you know, when they first put it out, people are like, "Dude, you're basically like, yodeling without teeth." Like. <laughs> No one wants to hear a person yodeling with a meth addiction. Like, what, what, what is this? Get this out of my face. You know, they throw their mixtape back in their face. But that guy was persistent. He... And he made it to the top. And he got his, um. you know, he's getting his HBO residuals from White Lotus. It's just... What the fuck, man? It's not that hard, apparently, to make it. Anyways, all right. So we got a hot new episode today. Um, A... Before we get into it, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you don't already. Please like um, the content, like the clips, share them with people if you like it. If you really think it's funny and you want to share with people, send it to them. Don't don't send people if you hate it. Just just don't. You know, don't hate. Watch things. I was um, it's funny because I was I was I was uh, had this comic opening for me recently, and we were in the car on the way to the gig, and they were like saying like. Yeah, like yesterday I was just I was just hate watching this guy's comedy special. And I was just like, you you're really like that's how you're spending your time? You're spending your time hate watching? Like literally you're like, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go work out, I'm gonna jerk off, I'm gonna shower, and then after that I am going to literally sit down, watch something I don't enjoy and go, yeah fuck you, fuck you, yeah. Isn't that weird? Isn't that crazy? Hate watching. I don't know. Um, when I watch my sets, that's that's me hate watching. You know what I mean? All right, we're doing it. Um. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, I was uh, what was my goddamn point here? Um, I don't know what was that point. Yeah, don't don't share the the podcast with people if, if you think it sucks. Obviously, um, but help me out because. You know, with the algorithms, with the, with the YouTube's, with the social medias, if you like something, if you comment on it, doesn't matter what you comment, it tricks the robots into thinking that it's, it's things that people want to watch and then they'll share with more people, you know? You know what's really annoying? A buddy of mine, he sent me, like, a stand-up clip of someone that's, like, you know, we think sucks, and they, like, shared it to me, like, on my Instagram DM, and I opened it up. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you share this? This is going to make it go more viral. Like, just stop. You know, that's it's like it's kind of like when people, um, you know, like there are horrible videos of like mass shootings or like when, when people do terrible things and like and like are terrible. There's some crazy video and people are just sharing it, sharing it, sharing it. Look at this. Look at this. It's just like you almost want to do the opposite. Like, don't share it. This is horrible. Like you're you're, you're ruining people's days, you know, by sending this stuff. It's a uh, it's weird. But that's, that's what the algorithm, that's what these um, social media companies um, reward, you know? Doesn't matter if, if it's you shooting a, um, a baby in the face, but, you know, if you're sharing it and commenting on it, oh my God, it's gonna go viral, you know? All right. But if you enjoy something and you just silently enjoy it, which most people, that's what normal people do. They go to a movie, they enjoy it, they don't tell anyone about it. They go to a restaurant, they enjoy the meal, they don't tell anyone about it, right? But if you go to the restaurant, or if you go to the movie and it sucks, you're immediately on social media. What a piece of shit. You're DMing Ashton Kutcher. You fucking suck. You hack piece of shit. Ashton Kutcher is just... His name came up recently. That's why I'm using him. I have nothing against Ashton Kutcher. But... And then, you know, it's always negativity that people want to uh, expel more. It's never positivity. So, you know, if you have positive feedback, please comment it. It goes a long way. But I know it's more enjoyable to comment hate. Anyways, so... Let's start off with this. So um just a quick rundown of topics this week. we're gonna I'm gonna talk about a corporate gig I just did where I bombed, and um, then we're gonna do an unboxing of a new shoe I got um because it is kicking in with Camacho. And then um we got some fan questions and suggestions. And one of the fans suggested something really a um, uh, very dark. So if you're here for teehees and Hahas, I'm um, just warning you right now, this game could get a little bit um solemn later. Um, a a viewer, a fan, um, wrote to me and said they want me to talk about um the death. What is it called again? The dying rooms in China. Basically, these are places where unwanted children go, and um they just put them in a room and die. Um, interesting, interesting recommendation. You know. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? Talk about death. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, it was something I didn't know about, and um, she sent me a link to a documentary about it. I watched it, and uh, it's been a while since I've cried at something, um, you know, like a, a movie or a TV thing, um, and this one this one got me a little bit. Anyways, well, we'll get to that later. Let's talk about this gig where um, I definitely cried on stage at. I was uh, hired to do this gig, um, this corporate gig, um, let me see. I'm trying to think where to start. So I get an email from this from this guy. All right. I'm going to call him the guy. He's got a bunch of these weird gigs. Um, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. But they're like on the, the, the they're like private gigs slash like family. So a private gig could be corporate. So he's a private gig, corporate gig booker. Right. Ask me if I want to do this show in Pennsylvania on a, on a Tuesday. Very, very cryptic. And it pays this much money. The pay really isn't – it's not the worst. It's not great. And, you know, I'm figuring on a Tuesday, what the hell else am I doing? You know, usually on a Tuesday I'm running around doing either free shows in the city or doing shows for, like, $10. So, you know, I could drive. I could do some more time. I can get paid a few hundred bucks. Why not? So I say yes, and then um, I get this uh, email later. About So he he says it's going to be you and another comic, corporate gig, right? And I go, who's the other comic? They say the comic, who I know, and then I'm going to be completely honest here, and I'm not going to mention another comic, but, you know, I got a little bit of ego. So I was like, who's going first? Who's going second? You know, like who's closing this bad boy out? Who's like, you know, you know what I mean? Just want to figure out because, you know, going first and going second is very different. Um, When you go first, um, especially at a corporate, corporate gigs are already brutal to begin with. So if you go first, you go up cold, you know, that could be tough. And um, usually if you go second, at least someone takes that blow for you and you can kind of, you know, wait, you know what I mean. So I asked, they say the name of the other comic, but they don't specify who's going first or second. And, you know, I'm a low self-worth, uh, you know, awkward guy. So I didn't want to ask again who's going first, who's going second. Right. I didn't want to, you know, complicate their lies with like another email. So. I uh, you know a few weeks go by get the information for the gig. Um, it turns out the gig is for Wawa, which is like a fast food uh, gas station chain, um, which is very prevalent um, in New Jersey and like the south, the southern states, the southeast states. So this is pretty it's pretty wild because I actually did a commercial for Wawa, and now I'm doing a corporate gig for Wawa. So I'm like I'm like the Wawa entertainment god, you know? Like if if Wawa needs something, they need they need actors or they need comedians, they're going to me. This is pretty great. And then, you know, first you get excited. Wawa, well, that's pretty cool. And then you think like then I, then I start looking at the money cuz Wawa isn't this like, you know, this isn't like <laughs> this isn't like a gig in like someone's living room. You know what I mean? Wawa's like a like a like a company. So now I'm looking at the pay I'm getting and then I'm thinking like, oh shit. It's like this booker producer guy is probably he's probably getting paid 70 million dollars and he's like here's six dollars James to do this corporate gig and I've already agreed to it and like I'm like am non-confrontational and like the way these like the way this guy works is like it's pretty it's pretty direct you know there's no agents or managers involved so you know um it's just you know desperate idiots like me doing these things so I'm kind of uh, I guess I would say I was a little bit upset you know, when I found out it was Wawa, I'm like, I should be getting paid way more. But whatever, it's Wawa. Nothing really changed. It's still Tuesday. I'm still going to make more money than I normally would. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So um, the se- then it comes up where we, we do the phone call with the company. And they were like, we want you to go first, James. And then we want the other comic to go second. And, you know, I got to admit, that was a bit of an ego blow. Because I'm kind of like, you know, I-, I think I should be headlining at this point, And this other comic, not going to mention... Um, has less headlining, headlining experience than me, so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit chapped, I'm a little bit jipped. You know, I'm feeling like they saw both of our videos, and our, you know, presence online, and they were like, we like them better, and we think James is, the and you know, I'm trying to be like, it's you know, it's just in your own head. Maybe they want you to go first because you have more personality, X Y Z, and um, you know, I I told Shiv this, and then you know, she got all. You know, she was like, come on, man, it's a corporate gig. They suck anyways. What are you doing? So I'm like, all right, fine, fine, fine. So get in the car, go to the gig. And it's so funny because we we do the gig at like the, the Wawa headquarters, right? Whatever, um, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And it's so funny because when I got casted for the Wawa commercial, I went to the same place to do like my um, interview, war- wardrobe, hair, makeup, and like, you know, rehearsals and all this stuff and like the way we were introduced the way they the, the way they brought us in the building when I was doing the acting thing was was so much better than the way we were brought in as a comedian you know so um when i did the acting thing like you know they gave me like a a, a time sheet uh uh, uh uh um they they called like they 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 um they greeted us at the door And there was, like, a bunch of people. There was, like, a a spread of food out with, like, you know, Wawa mac and cheese, hoagies, beans. It's just, like, uh, uh, everything, right? And then they take us to, like, this conference room that's beautiful. And they have all these guys in suits, like, I'm the CEO of Wawa, shaking our hands. And then you have, like, the director shaking your hand. And they put you in, like, these, like, nice little, like, office chairs. And you're sitting around, like, a war room. And they're, like, saying, like, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate you. Like, we love you. Like, we love your look. They're taking pictures of you, doing your nails, you know, like, just feeding you need anything. You need anything? Dude, literally, coming in here as a comedian, we get there. We park. We go in and, like, literally, like, we go to the reception thing, right? And we're like, oh, they're like, can I help you? I'm like, oh, we're here for, um, we're the comedians. And the sh- she has no idea what the hell's going on. She goes, the what's <laughs> the who? The comedian, what the clown, what? And then, you know, she looks confused, but then immediately, like, our guy comes in, you know, through like the glass doors and goes, oh, no, no, I, they're with me. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. So we go in. And it's funny because I was telling another comedian, like, oh, I just did a corporate for, th- uh, I did a commercial for these and they had food everywhere. So it's okay to come on an empty stomach. No food whatsoever. Nothing. No spread. Nothing. Literally, there's not even coffee. Like, they're, I guess they're trying to go green. So I was like, uh, hey, can we, you know, can I have a cup of coffee? And they didn't, like, oh, we're like, we're a bring your own cup company. So we couldn't even, like, we had this, they had to find us paper cups to put coffee in. And they take us, to um the room they introduce everyone and everyone's pretty nice everyone's like okay but it's just like that awkward feeling of like oh you're the comedians oh we're we're excited to see you try to make us laugh Mm -mm." you know none of this like oh thanks for you oh my god we're oh my god you know and then they shove us in like um i don't know if you've ever been to like uh a we work You know, they have like these private offices in a WeWork that are like literally like the size of like Harry Potter's cupboard. So they just shove both of us in this little cupboard room and they're like, all right, we'll come get you in 15 minutes when the show starts. Right. And it's just so funny how big it like like doing like I have to do like 20 minutes. Right. In front of like 300 people at this company. And that is way harder than being in a stupid commercial. Like In the commercial, all I did was this. That was it. And they they're treating me like like they treated me way better when I was coming in for the acting gig, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> so it's awkward, you know. And then like you're walking around the company, and like you know, people like I, I I've never really been in a corporate environment, but I can see what why it depresses people. Man, there's just like it's just like it's super bri- brightly lit. There's cubicles everywhere. But you can't really see anyone. You just see, like, the top of the cubicles and, like, the top of people's, like, kind of balding heads. And there's just, like, there's, like, there's, like, so it's, like, brightly lit. There's no real life forms that you see. And it's just, like, quiet. And all you really hear is, like, the humming of, like, the the fluorescent lights and, like, just, like, the the, the little, little, the the keyboard. Mm -hmm. It's just so silent and then even when people are like talking to you they're not talking to you with like any confidence. They're kinda in like a hushed tone of like if they hear me talking, they're gonna they're gonna kill my family. You know, just just tech kind of like scary, like it's really weird and it's depressing. And I see why people want to you know kill themselves when they work in a company like this. And you know like like uh I could just tell it's like you know everyone can tell that we don't work there, you know. So they're kind of looking and like judging, like these are the comedians. Hmm, this guy doesn't look funny. This guy doesn't look this. This guy, you know. So the show starts. Um, it's funny too because the other comedian was like, "Yeah, so like, um, you know, you have an idea what you're doing." I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna do my clean material." And like, you know, yeah, like you know, we did the phone call yesterday, and I, you know, I I submitted my jokes, and we went over everything together. And I was like, "They did what?" Like. They didn't do that with me. And she's like, oh, said she, shit. All right, whatever. That narrows it down to 10% of comedians. But um, then they were like, well, like, they didn't go over with you, like, your material. I'm like, no. Like, they didn't call me at all. And then, like, they wanted the other person to, like, go up. And, like, they want to – so they say they want us to do the show, and they want us to both go up and do, like, a and a after talking about, you know, making in comedy and – AAPI, like it was an Asian American Pacific Islander month thing, right, event. And I was like, no. So immediately I'm starting to feel like I, I get the feeling that you're the person they really want, and I'm kind of like the bitch. You know what I mean? Like they want you, and I'm the opener, but since they didn't know how to run a comedy show, they want us both to do 20 minutes. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like I'm the driver basically at this point, and I'm starting to feel that a little bit. And so I, you know, this guy. They're like, "Oh, this guy's gonna introduce you, right?" And this guy, he has like, um, he's got this. Uh, oh my god, he's got this like uh, comic book, like, like Hawaiian shirt on. So he's got the Hawaiian shirt, the buttons and the short sleeve, but it's just like Marvel characters on there. You know, like the Hulk, Captain America, Spider Man, Flash. So I'm kind of thinking – he's got, like, this weird hair with, like, spiky little, like, highlights. He's an Asian guy, right? So I'm just like, oh, this guy looks fun. He's in the comics. He's probably going to, like, you know – he's going to host. Maybe he's going to do some jokes. He's going to be, like, the the office clown guy, you know? Like, this is this is cool. Whatever, you know? It's always better to have someone introduce you. So he goes up. And, dude, um, when I mean nervous, this guy was, like, shit in his pants, dude. He's literally, like, you know – he went from, like, this kind of, like, outwardly confident guy. As soon as he got up there – He's like he's like just 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 quiet and reserved and monotone, and you could tell he's like doing like uh, scripted like material in terms of like thanks for coming out to the event a i p stop Asian hate all this stuff and the best part is like there's a stage that's lit, and he's just like off the stage like in the darkness <laughs> with the microphone, so he's just like not even in the spotlight like like doing this and he just starts going into this story about you know. Being an AAPI and his immigrant parents like coming to this country on like a raft and like and like, you know, like uh, how hard it is like being Asian, how this whole event is to support Asians. And like, you know, here's an, like they did like a, a food tasting event yesterday for um, and then now they're going to do some Asian culture stuff. And I'm just like, oh, my God, dude, like Jesus Christ. So um, I go up there. After he does this whole story about how his, you know, Asian American parents uh, <laughs> came to this country, and immediately I, I, I kind of go like, um, it's so funny. I so I start going like, you know, this is kind of awkward. Like, I've never had a job before. I've been a comedian my whole life, so it's kind of weird being in this like corporate environment. And it's kind of sad. And like that got a pretty good laugh, right? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, all right, this is this is going well. This is okay. I started making fun of the cubicles. You know, they're laughing. And then I go, are there any – who identifies as an AAPI? Which right there, right there, I lost, you know, because I went from like – like I kind of went up and was going to be – I was like, all right, I'm going to like go unscripted, screw around, try to get comfortable, you know. And when I mentioned the cubicle stuff, that's literally how I felt in the moment. Like this is weird, you know, right? This environment, this is so foreign to me. And then I got pandery, you know? I started re- using stupid words like identify, A-I-P, you know, just, 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 oh, like, who am I? Like, what am I, this liberal, you know, you know, uh, snowflake, you know? Who identified? Hey. Meanwhile, there's like three Asians in the crowd. It's literally just all white black people that work at this company. So there's, I'm telling you, there's like 200 people here, maybe three Asians, right? So no one claps. And then, like, there's nothing— there's nothing worse than when you're a comedian, you haven't gotten the crowd yet, and you ask like, a "Who, blah blah blah, like who's been married?" and nothing. You get nothing, right? <laughs> you just look like an idiot. So I look like an idiot, and then I start going into material. And dude, um, here, here's just here's the thing with corporate events. It's like what you think is not that bad is bad in their minds, you know? So I'm literally being like, I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican, so I look like Adam Driver doing K-pop. And that gets, like, one laugh, you know? And in my mind, that's, like, a joke that I open with. Like, that, I, here's how I look, m- immediately making fun of myself, right? And, you know, whenever you're a comedian and your first your first joke gets, like, nothing, it's, it, it's like you're on a date, and, like, you make a joke, and it's like you're on a first date, and, like, You see each other and, like, you try to hug each other or whatever and, like, you bump heads, you know? It's just like, all right, we're off to a bad start, right? (laughs) Maybe there's no chemistry here. Shit. So I do that and on my mind I'm like, no big deal. We're just getting started. Going to the next joke. And I just do a joke about, I'm like, like, uh, what is it? Like, oh, like, my dad. Like, people always go, your dad must be Puerto Rican, right? Because, you know, people just assume Chinese guys can't get Puerto Rican girls. And the whole, just nothing and nothing, you just see people going like, oh, people looking at each other like, oh, how, did he just, oh, did he just, And and then immediately, immediately, I just came to this realization like, oh, all my quote unquote clean material is not going to work here. <laughs> and it's not because it's dirty, it's just like, there's no sense of humor allowed in this environment, you know what I mean? It's just like it's like all these jokes require you to be like, okay, you know, I, I see you're playing around, but no one's playing around here. And apparently, like the superiors were in the comp- like in the room, so all the employees don't know what the hell they can like. Like if the, it can even laugh, I'm sure in this company, laughing is, is 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 frowned upon, you know. So I just I just start doing material, and I'm just 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 titters. Like one person there laughing, one person there laughing. Like each joke, one person out of two hundred would 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 chuckle, you know. So I, I I'm just starting to get to the point where I'm like dude, like I can either fake it for the next 20 minutes or I can like, like try to salvage this. So I start going into the crowd and that's kind of working because I'm doing like generic crowd work. Like that. And like, I'm like, but it's like kind of like going into my material. Like I've only children stuff. I'm like, who, who's an only child here. Right. And then one person would, would cough. I'd be like, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? And then I would like, they'd be like, no, I was just coughing because I have, you know, COVID. I'd be like, oh, well, sorry about that. And, um, well, do you have any? <laughs> I like, yeah, I have siblings. and I'm like, oh, because I'm an only child. So I'm like awkwardly doing this crowd work. But it's getting a little – it's a little better because I'm being – it's just more in the moment and more natural. So I'm doing some crowd work. And then any anytime I would go back to the material, the material would get just nothing, right? So I'm doing this for like 10 minutes, and then eventually we get to the end of the set, and it, you could just tell the whole room was like – yeah, I didn't I, I, I kind of thought this wouldn't be good and it's not good. You know, just just dying, dying, dying. And then um I, I do my last joke, which you know, my one of my longer jokes I have a huge punchline. Sometimes I close with it. When when you're when you're killing when you're when you're in a real show and you do your closer and Everyone loves you, and everyone hinges on your every word. you can do like a two-minute closer, and then when it builds up at the end, you can get that big pop, and you can walk off into the sunset on a white horse. When you're bombing and you do a two-minute closing joke, it's just two minutes of people being like, "Please, just kill yourself. Please just kill yourself." And then when you get to that line, there's no momentum build up. It's just you might as well just just spoken in a different language for two minutes, you know? So I bomb, I get off, I bring up the next person. They get up and, um, you know, they have just kind of like, you know, in my opinion, they had just just, you know, just just the same set, you know, just material chuckle here and there. Um, but they were like, you know, I think it went great, which my expectation of doing well is is uh, is very high. So I can't fault anyone for thinking whatever. But yeah, the best part is I get off and then like we're supposed to do this thing where we're going to go back on and do like a Q&A. And the guy running the thing was like, you know, to save time, we'll just – you don't have to go back up there. It's <laughs> just like, you were so shitty. We don't even want to ask you to do the Q&A with you. We'll just just—we'll just have them do it. Fuck you. And then the best part was, you know, at the end of the show, they do the Q- – it's so humiliating, too, because, like, you know, me and the other comic, we had talked about doing this Q&A together. And then, like, the Q&A happens, and it's just one other guy goes on. And I don't I'm never I'd never go up. So they're probably thinking I like, oh, like what happened to James? Like, oh, OK, whatever. The guy who run who runs the thing just goes up to me. He doesn't even say thank you. He doesn't even he say good job or even pretend to be nice. He goes, thanks for driving. And he just walks off. And it just kind of reaffirmed my whole feeling where like they booked me. They wanted to book two people. They wanted to book the star and the loser. And I was booked as the loser because they didn't call me to go over my material. They 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 they, they didn't. They wanted me to go first, and um, they didn't even want me to go up and do the Q and A. It was it was so embarrassing. And then we get off, and then we go back to the little cubbies, little Harry Potter Harry Potter cupboard thing. And then the guy who like intro- like f- like uh, uh met us at the door, he's coming in and he's just he's being nice. He's like, "Man, that sucked." This, people here have no sense of humor. I thought it was funny, you know. I know you guys you neutered basically because you know it's a company gig. And then I'm like joking with the guy, and I'm killing with him. So now I have an audience of one. And I'm killing with him, and um, you know, we're he's walking us back to the parking lot, and I'm just killing with him the whole time. I'm like, "Yeah, the the I told him what the 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 um." the leader said, like, you know, thanks for driving, he's dying laughing, and then, um, yeah, we get in the car, we drive home in traffic, and, um, it's so funny, like, the other comic was like, I thought it went pretty well, and I'm just like, all right, I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, if everyone's a, you know, your opinion's your opinion, but I wanted to shoot myself in the face the whole time, so, yeah, if anyone from Wawa is hearing this, um, I don't care because I never want to go to do something like that ever again, dude. Just and like the worst part is it's like I should have I should have been getting paid thousands of dollars. This is Wawa. There was like 300 employees there, you know, like this is a big company and I got paid 11 bucks and I just embarrassed myself, you know, in so many ways. So there's my hell gig of Wawa story and um you know man it's so funny how different actors and comedians get treated you know it's like actors like you know they get benefits they get SAG they get paid a, you do it like that I, dude i got paid like i think close to like 10 grand for that spot i did because of the residuals and stuff this and that was just nothing i just went for a day and i did rawr, rawr, for 5 hours then comedian, you got to write these jokes, you got to read the crowd, you got to suffer, and then, oh, God. But, yeah, I don't know if that was a funny story or sad, but that was my, that was my uh, Wawa Hell Gig experience. Um, Jesus Christ, I'll never be able to eat a Wawa sandwich ever again the same way, you know? Every bite, I'm just going to be thinking about that bomb. But yeah, dude. Um, all right, so let's move on to the unboxing of this new shoe. So, as you guys know, I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican. And Nike recently came out with these Puerto Rican-themed Air Maxes. And, you know, it's very it's very um, seldom where I see a shoe and I'm immediately like, those are fucking gorgeous. And not only did I feel that way about this pair, but then the fact that it has that Puerto Rican um, theme to it, had to get them. So... Here I have here um, the Air Max One uh, Puerto Rican – it's not Puerto Rican Day Parade. It's just called uh, Air, Max, Air Max One Puerto Rico. And let's – hope I can get this in here. So here we go right here. Um, I think the, it might be a little bit out of frame there, but it's a unique Air Max uh, box. It says Familia on the lid here. And then on the side, it has a bunch of stuff in Spanish, which I can't really read. Um, I'll show it to you guys right here. I think it says, uh, Hello Dos Nike Coco Parcha Pina. And for anyone that speaks Spanish out there that's just hate watching this right now because I just butchered those pronunciations. I'm sorry. I don't speak any 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 Spanish, okay? Um, don't Don't come stab me next time you see me. So, yeah. Here we go. Let's open these. Um, I took a peek at them already, so this isn't, like, a true, like, first sight unboxing, but I did, I did very little um, looking. And, all right, here we go. So, I'm opening them up, and here we go. Um, make sure I'm getting this in the shot. Yeah, so that's the left shoe. Um, you got a bit of a bright orange, yellow and, like, kind of grayish material on the toe box. How beautiful are these, man, right? These are a neckbreaker. And if you don't know what a neckbreaker is, that's when you are, um... When you're, when you're walking around and people are just, like, turning their head... Like, breaking their necks to see. And it could be if you have a nice pair of shoes. It could be if you're a hot chick and you got a nice sundress on and people are like, whoa! That's what a neckbreaker... These are neckbreakers, man. Um and like uh i know as creepy as this may sound but the sneakerheads will appreciate this um this leather here is it's a nice shoe to touch like i would sleep with this shoe as like a as like a teddy bear you know it's got this like um leather that's super super soft and smooth they have this suede here that's like um the suede here is so just buttery and and uh it's like it's like uh, ASMR, but well, like f- like with like uh, feeling, and like the toe box here has like this spongy feel to it. I haven't worn them yet. Oh, also, dude, like look at the uh, the swish here. It's like kind of got this like I don't know what you call it, like this jemmy, blown out thing. I don't know if there's. I would assume that's not liquid in there. I don't know what it. It's probably just air in there, but it's got that like um air like a. Uh, Bubbly thing, um but yeah, these are so beautiful. it has this little uh lace thing I don't know if you can if you guys can see it. it says Puerto Rico on there, um such a gorgeous, such a gorgeous shoe. I saw it, and I was like, I gotta get these um yeah, and um apparently, I didn't know this, but the shoe actually comes with like a lot um accessories so here's the the right pair the right pair says puerto rico on the back heel right there hope you can see that love that touch um yeah man it it, it, it's this is a it it, i love um so you could tell nike did a lot with this so right here it comes with an extra pair of laces so they're like tie-dye laces of uh the yellow orange and the red that's on the shoe Which I, I'm not sure if I'll be putting those on the laces. I feel like it may be a little bit, it's already a flashy shoe. And like, I feel like putting these on would make it too flashy. But honestly, like, at a distance, you don't really see the difference between the tie-dye laces and the regular orange laces. But yeah, it comes with an extra pair of laces, as you can see right here. Comes with shoe paper or shoe tissue. Um that says Puerto Rico on there. I I don't I don't know if you guys can see that. It says Puerto Rico on the shoe paper. And then bro, look at this. I don't know what the, I guess this is like a a bag to put the shoes on. Look at this. It comes with like a bag with like a like a Puerto Rican ice icy thing on there. A guy with little legs and he's wearing the shoes. <laughs> and uh yeah, how awesome is that, isn't that like? Don't you love that little touch? It comes with that, it comes with uh, it's just paper. Um, and it, look at this, look at this. I can't believe this. It comes with a gold chain. It says Familia on the box here. Now, I, I, I'm assuming this isn't like whatever real gold or these because these shoes were 140 bucks. I'm assuming this isn't like actual gold, but look at that. It comes with a gold chain that says Familia on it, and a little Nike sign where the the eye, the dot, and the eye should be. Dude, how cre- how great is that? It comes with shoelaces. It comes with a shoe, extra shoelaces, a little 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 uh, some neckwear, and a little bag to put your shoes on. Or if you hit your spouse and you want to put this over their head, just manhunt them, you know. And a little paper. Dude, I love that. It, it, it kind of fascinates me with, like, um, Nike, how, like, sometimes these, like, v- not as hyped shoes like this are, like, some of the Nike SB dunks that are, like, you know, not that hyped. I mean, they put such great effort into the quality and, like, the accessories and, like, the meeting behind the shoe. But, like, no one gives a shit. Like, they're always, like, like never, you know, they're always, like, easy to get. They don't resell for a lot. But it's the shoes, like the Jordan retros, are like the really hyped up things that they put like just garbage quality to them. They don't come with any love or any extra touches, you know. Um, but yeah, dude, I can't wait to I can't wait to wear these. I was thinking about wearing them to my um, theater gig tonight with uh, Ben Bailey. That'd be a good way to break them out, you know. Um. But I have a thing with, like, wearing shoes for the first time on stage. I, I'm not a big fan of it just because I kind of, like, you know, whenever you wear a shoe for the first, like, a new one, you got to break them in. And then, like, since I'm a sneaker and I kind of care about the shoe, I get in my head about, like, um, walking around and creasing them. So I never like to wear sexy brand-new shoes, like, the first time Um, for for, for a big gig, you know? So I think I'll probably wear these when I have a smaller gig or just, like, a day off. Um, but, like, I don't have a lot of pair of Air Max Ones, but I do know they're comfortable as shit. And they're a great shoe for, like a New Yorker because, you know, we're on our feet all day. And, like I said, I'm half Puerto Rican. I couldn't resist, man. Couldn't resist. And just beautiful. Beautiful. I got, like, this Stussy shirt that's, like, the, literally the same color as this orange that I'll probably wear with it. I got a couple neon yellow uh, shirts right here, uh, shirts that I can wear with this, like match the match to yellow here and just a beautiful shoe, man. If I were to give it a one out of 10, these are a 10. I don't even see any imperfection with them. Like they're beautiful. There's a lot of thought into them. The material feels really good and um, they're easy to get, not hyped. So 10 out of 10 Air Max one. Puerto Rico added to the collection. Very excited about that. Um, all right, so let's move on. I just want to make sure my face is... Looks like I'm blurred out there. All right, and we're back. Sorry, guys. I get very... um. So, like I said, I've th- I mentioned this before. I'm a one-man production team here. I get very paranoid about the camera. <laughs> I get very anxious about the camera going in and out of focus, and I was waving things in front of the camera. Sometimes that happens when, when um, you introduce foreign objects into the camera site, it may, like, decide to, like, latch on its focus to that, and uh, it'll take away from my beautiful, beautiful face. So I don't want to deprive you of some some face hotness. You know what I mean? Anyways, so we're going to move on. Um, we have a question this week, which I appreciate. Guys, if you have questions, please send them to me, jamescamachocomedy.com. I will answer them on the podcast. Um, Jackie Rawell, Is it Rawell? Jackie with a C. So G A, G A, G A J A C I rowell Rowell ask, what made you want to become a comedian? And I became a comedian because of childhood trauma, baby. <laughs> Partially true, but uh, we'll go with the um the less dark answer. Um, when I was growing up. I got really fascinated with movies like American Pie, The New Guy, which was a terrible movie about a kid who got himself kicked out of high school so he can um, switch high school to try to become popular. And I just, and then, and then, and then, I really fell in love with like a lot of those Judd Apatow movies, like Knocked Up, Pineapple Express, all those Jim Carrey movies, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Bruce Almighty, Liar Liar. Just, just I always thought it was so cool that you know you could be funny on camera and be funny that for other people and I just um I knew I wanted to do that in some aspect. I wanted to be an entertainer and I wanted to be funny and make people laugh. Um so it wasn't I didn't want to become a stand up comedian at first. I wanted I guess become a comedic actor which I still want to do but you know um comedy's kind of at the forefront now. But and I'm don't really get many auditions <laughs> <laughs> but um so then when i got into college i was um you know majoring in economics miserable drunk all the time miserable in a way where like you know I, I was going out and partying, having a good time but like i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and, and when it came down to it i kind of realized like hey do I wanna just keep doing economics, get C minuses, and then try to get a job with at least all these other drunk, you know, finance dudes? Or do I wanna do something I actually like doing and be sober? You know? I'm not sober, but you know what I mean. Just kinda like, do I wanna put a hundred and fifty I wanna put a hundred and fifty percent effort into something I like to do and I'm interested in instead of putting half assed, drunky effort into something I don't care about, like economics. So I uh, decided to switch my majors. I went from econ to journalism because I thought that might be a little bit more explainable to my family. Oh, I'm a journalism. I'm going to be a broadcaster. We When the whole time I just wanted the movies, acting, screenplays, comedy. And then after journalism, I dropped that and I went into English and theater. So I took all these screenwriting classes, started taking acting classes. I joined a comedy uh, sketch group and that was it. And I tried, decided to try to do stand-up because I was doing all these comedy things. I was just trying things. I was kind of like, you know, let's try some acting. Let's try some um, uh, improv. Let's try some sketch. Let's try some stand-up. And stand-up was the one thing where it was like I am writing material and performing it, and people are laughing instantly. This is perfect. And I remember my first set was like really – like right before my 21st birthday, I want to say, or 22nd. I don't know which one it was. It was one, I think it was my twenty first birthday, um, twenty I'm not one hundred percent sure actually. I want to say twenty second, and it was August. I did the set, and then I remember in my mind I was going like on this like a crazy AC trip. Maybe it was when I was twenty one because I went to AC when I was twenty one um to celebrate. So it was like right before I went in this Atlantic City crazy Atlantic City trip to celebrate my birthday. And in my mind, I did a set before, and I was like, okay, when I get back, I'm going to do another set. So I went back, got blacked out, hung over forever, get back on stage. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this once a week. Then it became every other day. And then it became every day for the next eight years, and here we are, doing um, opening for Ben Bailey at the Bergen Pack tonight. So um, that's a long-winded answer, but um, what made me want to become a comedian? I mean, I've always wanted to make people laugh. And, um, I, I think doing, uh, comedy is one way, you know, of course I want to be like a Jim Carrey one day, be a comedic actor, but there's something so great about kind of getting that like direct immediate feedback. You know, when you make a movie, you got to film it, it takes 90 days and then, um, it goes into like the production and then gets on screen and then people laugh in the theater, which is also great, but, um, Something about comedy, man, it's so raw, and I love it. But you know, I also want to be, you know, a comedic actor too. It's just that um, I'm not putting the effort, you know, honestly, I'm not putting the effort into that. I should try harder. I should take more classes. I should network better. But you know, stand up comedy itself, it's just a it's a full time job. I'm hoping that if I can build my stand up and uh, film my special, I can maybe take some time off um and try to pursue that a little more because i do have those aspirations um great question jackie i i appreciate it if you have a question any question send it to me in the next episode i will answer it now i want to get into a suggestion a fan um sent me and this is a little dark and um i mentioned earlier um it's been a while since i've watched something that's made me cry and i i genuinely try to stay away from things that are uh, get me emotional because you know that kind of stuff makes me uncomfortable you know from the way i grew up everything but i so i've been making the, i had this new i have this new bit about how china is now kind of um because of the they did the one child policy for a while they're kind of scrambling to like save their population cuz now their their population was was before trending in a direction where it was like too many people now I think they're trending in a direction where it's like um, not enough people and you know real quick if I'm gonna say stuff I haven't researched much I just I read a couple articles and I'm making jokes okay so don't don't get too upset if I, if, if anything I say is not completely factual but I read something that they're they're trying to encourage their college kids to go on a spring break they want their kids to leave school for a week and try to date and then make love and try to repopulate. And I had this whole bit about it that I've been doing on stage. And um, recently I've been posting clips. I posted the joke in a selfie video um, on TikTok that went pretty viral. If you want to go check it out, the kind of like the, the baseline version of it without the tags it's on Instagram too, but I'm kind of like shadow banned on Instagram right now. So like everything I'm, Posting is reach maybe like reaching like you know not like a couple thousand people for some reason. So if you want to see part of the joke, it's already up there. But I've been doing it on stage, the full version, and um, I, I kind of like to post clips of me bombing because to me, you know, they say post what well, you you know this thing is funny, and I think it's really funny when I bomb because I just don't give a shit. You know, I know the thing. It's like I'm I'm trying stuff. I'm doing a new material. So if I'm doing new material I'm bombing, I know it's because the material is not funny. So I'm able to kind of like get over it and not take it too personally. And if I'm bombing in a show that I'm like, you know, supposed to be doing well at, that's where I may start freaking out a little bit because they're, you know, I'm trying to do well. But if I'm trying new material I'm bombing, it's, it's totally cool with me. Like, I just know that's the process, you know? You have to bomb. If you bomb, you know the joke's not funny and then you can kind of take that data and try to, you know, fix the joke. So... I po- I posted a couple I posted this one bombing clip where I bring up the topic, you know, remember that only child policy and um Vernal rennie Gilroy wrote to me. I hope I'm saying that right. She wanted me to talk about these things called um I'm looking at my computer by the way in case you guys are wondering. I'm not looking at there's no tits here. There's no there's nothing here, just a computer. Um These Dying Rooms in China. And she sent me a link to a documentary. It's called Dying Rooms China. It's a 38-minute documentary. You can find it on YouTube. And this this is one of the most uh, saddest things I've ever seen. So basically, the Dying Rooms in China are these places where unwanted babies go. Um, They are either abandoned by their family. Um, Well, they're all abandoned by their family, right? That's where abandoned babies, that's where, like, well, I guess parents could die, too, and then they could be sent there. But they're all unwanted baby. Let's say unwanted babies Um, go. And these babies were literally basically put in these places to die. You know, the living conditions were horrible. I mean, and, you know, the way the connection to the one-child policy is that with the one-child policy and the traditions in China, the boys are treated – like, the boys are – like, every – family wants to have a boy like you know to, to to take like um to carry the family name to take their inheritance and since this one child policy you can only have one kid and the boys are so much more valuable a lot of families that were having girls would just get rid of the girls they would literally like throw them away like they it was crazy like they're, they're the documentary says that like um, you know some of these babies would just be immediately the, the female babies would be immediately drowned and this isn't just females um but also mentally disabled babies um they would just kill them like drown them as soon as they got out they would um they, or they would just abandon them and because they wanted their there wasn't a boy like a healthy boy is what everyone wants and if it didn't turn out that way they would just get rid of these kids and it's like it's the craziest thing, man, and um, I, 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 it's so wild that, like, the government of China, like, really tried, like, we're going to do this one-child policy to help the population, which I get, but they didn't really, like, think it through. It's like, dude, if you put, if you, if you think, if, like, boys are so much more valuable than girls, you didn't see that this would happen, that these girls would, you think everyone was just going to be like, Oh, we struck out with the, you know, we had our one, and then we got a girl. What are we going to do? Bah, oh, we'll keep it. No, like, that's not what people are. People are animals, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, like, if you don't even believe that, like, men are way more valued and women are just not valued at all in China, my mom was telling me this um yesterday, actually. I didn't know, but, like, my mom is one of six. One brother five sisters or one of seven she's one brother six sisters and when my um grandpa passed away um she only he only left they found out he left everything the money the land solely to um her brother so they didn't get anything it was just six daughters one son son got everything and that's just because in china that's just how they roll man you know that's the tradition so if you don't believe it there's just a you know that's a there's a personal um story for me that backs that theory up um it's not a theory i think everyone kind of knows that so yeah this documentary was just showing these horrific images of like you know these 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 people god bless them They went into China searching for these dying rooms. Is that I keep forgetting the name? Yeah, they they went to these dying rooms, and they would see these, you know, these babies, these all these female babies, like and children, like literally, like in the worst living conditions possible. Like they they had these images of these babies, like they're like strapped to these makeshift potties, like literally legs tied down, arms tied down. There's like a bucket underneath if they need to shit or pee and that's it like that's their life they're just in these little chairs shitting and pissing in a bucket and they're all like 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 t- like there's like four of them in like in like a in a row like like tied together and they don't get any human contact um it's so crazy one of them like like they're all strapped in and like the older kids are like like headbutting them um and it's just a terrible thing to see and something that got me really emotional was like you know it's just tough because you know as someone that that um I'm not going to I don't want this to come off the wrong way I don't you know I, what these babies are going through are, are so tragic I can't even there's no comparison but like you know I grew up with kind of like um absentness in my life you know from from family and it's affected me a lot, and I feel bad for myself a lot, and it, it's 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 emotionally scarring, you know I'm talking about in therapy, but you know, sometimes we kind of forget like babies like touching, holding like that's such a big deal to 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 for babies, you know. And they were just showing these babies, man, that were like in a room all in these worst living conditions possible like literally like a crib with like four babies side by side by like just in there like sardines you know like 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 tetris pieces just like shoved on top of each other in odd ways just like crying right and they they have been devoided of touch of being held of like just like basic like love i guess is what you call it that like these cries man like when you hear a baby cry on a plane it's, Wee! like 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 Wee! 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 Eh, right i mean dude these kids these babies in this documentary that were in the dying rooms literally did not sound like that they sounded like they were like like dying animals dude like uh-uh, uh-uh. Like, like i i feel I feel so shitty, like even trying to like imitate it because it's so silly. But it, it it it's so uh sad, you know. And like they were showing like 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 these government funded buildings, like they had the they, they they apparently one of these like orphanages are these um what do you call them foster homes where they take these babies in that was government funded, um because at the time when the one child policy came, there was a lot of aid. To like fund these um, projects to help try to repopulate, you know, or try to keep the population down. I'm sorry. So they would fund these orphanages, and like there was one orphanage that like used the money to buy a, like a like a like a like a dining facility, and they didn't keep any of the living conditions, make any of the living conditions better. Like it's like it's the craziest thing. And then you see that the workers that are there, like they're there for a paycheck. Like there's they showed this one lady like um, changing diapers, um like, cleaning up after them, and she's, like, grabbing them by the arm, dragging them, pulling them up, like, and just, like, throwing them back in the cribs, like, after she's done, like, what, like, an assembly line, and it's just, like, it's really sick, man, it's one of the sickest things I've seen, you know, one, I don't even know how, like, I don't know what type of per, like, it's pretty crazy in Chinese culture. I guess it's not just Chinese culture, but if you're kind of like, if you're raised and conditioned to feel that, you know, like woman or girl babies don't matter, then, yeah, I guess you can kind of get into that headspace where you look at them as, as like, not objects. I mean, not humans, like as objects. And you're just fucking them up, throwing them around. I got to get my money, you know. I got to get throw these babies today. One guy that was um, taking them to one of the orphanages, he literally said, "Like girls in China are kind of looked at like dresses. It's like you take it home, you like it, you keep it; you don't, you throw it out." I mean, it it gets me really like mad that like it's just like it's so it's just so crazy. It's like we're gonna do this one child policy, and we're not. They didn't even th- consider that this may happen. Like it, it, it's like if you do any type of analysis or brainstorming, you would probably figure out, hey, if we're gonna give people only one kid to have, and we hate women here, maybe the woman might get thrown in garbages. you know? Maybe, yeah, but no one thought that. So, yeah, I mean, this documentary was uh so sad, man. Um, do I recommend it? No, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where I'm like watching it. I'm like, I, I'm kind of happy that I'm watching this because it's insightful. It makes me kind of like appreciate my life. And I feel like smarter, I guess, in a way, because I know more things. But then it's like, I didn't I don't want to ever see this again. You know, I don't know. It, it's a weird. um It's a weird line to draw. Um I took notes, which is a weird thing. I took notes on the the Dying Room documentary. Let's see, let me see if there's anywhere else to talk about. Oh, here's a here's a crazy thing, dude. So, this is how much they hate women in China. Women that were born um that they would commonly like so obviously we know healthy boys that's the prize. That's what everyone strives for. But if you get a girl They would literally name them things um, Lai Di and Ziao Di. And that literally, that name, those names literally mean boys come, come, come. Boys to come, come, come. So they're naming these girls boys. We want a boy instead. (laughs) I mean, you can't make this stuff up, dude. Like, that's how insane it is over there they literally are named like can imagine growing up like that imagine growing up you're like a little girl or like you're a, you're a woman with a job and your your name means we want a boy or boy better luck next time get a boy next time boy's next time it's just like what the fuck dude i mean and here's another thing um a lot of times um girls just like d- girls in general like little baby girls will be referred to as Maggots in the rice, because, um, especially for poor families, like you know, when we have a we have a kid. It, it it costs money and resources to take care of them, and the fact that they had to deplete their resources for for this one kid, for for a female baby instead of a boy baby that really matters, they would call them maggots in the rice. They were, women were referred to as maggots in little baby girls, maggots in the rice. I would be so pissed if my name meant we wanted someone else instead. <laughs> you know what I mean? What did that fucking? Uh, God damn it! But yeah, so now the one child policy is done, and now, now they're. I mean, now it's all dudes. I I can't believe they didn't see. Like, forget. Like, I get it. It's tradition. And uh, I don't get it, but, like, I get it in terms of, like, I can see how if it's in your tradition of your country that you're going to have people think like that, that women don't matter, men matter. But it's, like, if your whole purpose is to, like, repopulate – I mean, I mean to get the population down, I guess it works because then if it's, like, all dudes, you can't repopulate. But now, like, you don't see this problem. Now you, you're not going to have – now you're going to have a population issue, you know? Oh, boy. That's the thing that gets me mad, man. It's so – it's – it's so wild, too, man. It's like you know i I really I really get angry at my and I should be angry at myself, but like when people complain about first world problems, oh, my thing didn't get this is me, all right. I'm gonna go and be completely honest with you guys I, all the time, I'll be like, oh, my thing didn't get enough likes. oh, I'm not getting booked enough on my stand up show. Uh my I got to do 10 minutes tonight. Oh, this other person's opening for me in this corporate gig at this beautiful company that I'm not getting paid enough. But you know what I mean? Like I'm complaining about these problems. Like, oh, I got to get in my, my car and drive. Oh, I don't want to drive. I hate rush hour. And then, you know, people – there are people with real problems. There are people that don't even get to have these problems. There are people that don't even get to learn – how to speak a language or have thoughts that can have those problems, you know? Uh, and it just drives me nuts when people are complaining about bullshit, you know. You not to get all political too. It's like I see you know people online always complaining about you know po- politics. Uh, I see people like you know with the sneakers. I you know I love I'm a sneakerhead. Anytime I see a new design of sneaker come out and they put it online. Right? Oh, look, you know, the first images of this shoe, everyone's like, socks, 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 (laughs) socks. It's just like, dude, like, you should be like, oh, this is, what kind of, what life are we living that we can be like, suck to a fucking dope shoe? Nah, not for me. You know what I mean? (laughs) I would, but me, 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 me. It's wild, dude. It's wild. And, you know, when I was in the Middle East, I did shows. I just remember, like, you know, you're just driving. Past these, you know, just hundreds of miles of desert. You see these little villages. And then, you know, people live there. That They live like that, man. You know? I'm shooting a comedy special soon. Like, I have all this, this money to just do whatever the fuck I want. Look at me. I'm doing a podcast. I'm always, you know, I, literally before I it was just, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this podcast. Not because I don't want to, but it's like, I'm a loser. That's what I was thinking. I'm a loser, I don't have, I can't afford a producer. I got, I got two cameras set up on 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 shoeboxes. I'm um I got no one cares, no one subscribes. Like I I what am I? I this is like I'm just doing whatever the fuck I want, you know? Ah, oh, man. I guess those things are worth watching cuz it makes you insightful. It makes you I don't know. Makes you want to live the makes you want to I don't know. All right. I don't want to promise things I can't keep up. Um Just checking here. Yeah, I, I I think the I thank you by the way to um the person with the crazy name. What is it? Vernell? Vernel? Thanks Vernell for um bringing bringing this uh information to me you know also i wanted to share this too um you know abortion is a big topic in our country now um did you know from the documentary i learned that during the one child policy now it's funny because i i when i was starting to do this joke i did research on like what would happen if you had more than one kid and all i found were like you would get a fine right it would be like a like a parking ticket i guess right a citation a violation of whatever civil i don't know but then apparently in the documentary they were saying that if you were caught like with a child and pregnant again they would like force you to abort it like like there was one girl that they said had a girl had a baby 5 months 5 days away from being born police found out and they, like they made her get rid of it like they literally to these girls they would pick them up take them and to get abortions when they found out um other cases they would like lock them away And then um, they wouldn't release them until they agreed to get abortions. Um, They would lock up their husbands until they agreed to get abortions. There was one case that they said that they would literally, if they knew that this person was pregnant and they already had another kid, while they were doing medical procedures on them, like let's say they were, I don't know, getting their blood work done, or I don't know what the hell, getting their teeth fixed, they would just give them abortion without them knowing. And how crazy is that, right? You know? I I I'm not. It, it's tough because, like, I understand. You know, different circumstances are different here. But just like you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. My, I don't know what I'm gonna say. It's just. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, we argue about abortion in this country, and we should. And I'm obviously pro-choice. You didn't know, obviously, but like, to me, it's obvious. It's like you know, you should be able to do what you want with your body. Um I just know if I was to put myself in those shoes, that's what that's what I want, would want, you know. But the fact that like you could be forced to, you know, it's just like I hope that anyone listening to this and I hope that people that never hear this like can find something that makes them for just a day, man, just appreciate a little bit of the freedoms they have in whatever position they are, you know? It's just unimaginable. It's unimaginable the stuff that goes on that we don't get to see because we're lucky we don't have to see them. You know, let a, we're lucky. Let alone we're lucky that we don't have to experience them. We're lucky we don't even have to see them until they're shoved in our face on our fan page on Facebook. <laughs> All right, I was I was kind of hoping I can make that funny, but there's nothing funny about it. There really is nothing funny about it. Um, yeah. Well, guys, this was a uh, another episode of Kikumakucha. Just the most saddest thing I've ever uh, I'm ever gonna release. Um. Yeah. Anyways, guys, real quick before we end the podcast, let me show you what I'm wearing today. Today I got. I got some Nike SB Dunk. Why you so sad? Why so sads? Um, this was another shoe. That when I saw the pictures come out, I was like, "Gotta have these beautiful colorway, color lock, beautiful colorway." First off, um, they have that they have a little bird on a bicycle, a little birdie on a bicycle on the side there, which you know I feel like anytime you put a bird thing on the heel of a Nike SB Dunk, it's reminiscent of the purple, the pigeons, which is like a legendary shoe. Um, but like I'm a big fan of light blue. I thought this colorway was sick. And, um, I got a pair, I paid resale, which is about $250. Uh, I think they're very cool. I'm going to wear them tonight for the, um, Ben Bailey theater gig. I didn't know this either. Um, so Nike SB is pretty cool because when they do these, uh, make these shoes, um, they usually collaborate with skate shops. Artists are organizations, and I did not know that. Um, these this collaboration, this is the, sh- the 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 shoe is called Why So Sad, and Why So Sad is a collaboration with a skate shop or a skate group that focuses on raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. That's why they're called Why So Sad. Um, and as someone that you know, goes through depression, and as someone that does, you know, um, I, I don't have any suicidal thoughts. I hope no one's freaking out here, but as a person that goes through the depression, I take my mental health very seriously. I'm in therapy. Um, I've I've given hundreds and hundreds of dollars to to, tr- to try to be better, and I'm always trying to work on being a healthier, happier person. Um. I'm super, I'm super, I feel like, uh, I feel super cool wearing these. Not because they're look good looking shoes, but um, I love that cause. And um, yeah, that's what I'm wearing today. Um, I got just a regular white shirt. I got a nice little button down because I'm doing a little theater gig. So I want to look a little bit appropriate. And um, yeah, guys, um, kicking it with Camacho. Camacho, a bit of a somber episode. Um, gonna be doing this every week now, and send questions that you want to ask me. Send them to James Camacho doc, James Camacho Comedy at gmail.com, or just send me um, recommendations. DM them to me. Whatever way is easiest for you. Um, I appreciate you listening. And if there's something I can say before I sign off here is that, like you know, just appreciate. Appreciate, you know, what you have. Appreciate that you're able to even watch this on YouTube right now or listen to this on your smartphone. Just You know, that's that's a win. It's a very small win. Appreciate that you get to eat, go home, and, you know, there are people. It could be one person. It could be one person. And you may be like, well, only one person loves me. You still got someone, you know? If you have an apartment with no bathroom or one bathroom, let's say no bathroom. No bathroom is not a great example. Let's say you're in an apartment that's one bathroom, one bed, and you you still got a bathroom. You still got a bed. And um, if you want want a pair of shoes that you can't afford or just look down and be grateful you have a pair of shoes on right now or that you can even contemplate that, you know? So that's all I got to say. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. And I look forward to you speaking. I look forward to you speaking. I should take a speech class. I look forward to hanging with you guys next week. That's you. Adios.